Today is a special episode. We're going to call this one a haunted holiday horror episode. And uh, this episode is dedicated to everything that happened over 2018 in horror, from movies to TV shows and everything in between. And I brought back on my good friend Ryan to chat about this. You may remember him from the the Hereditary episode that we did a couple of months ago. And uh, we had a good chat about that. And we're going to keep it going with this one. So, Ryan, what's going on, man? Not much. Just been a busy guy lately, but um, super stoked to talk about all this stuff because there is a lot to cover. I think this year was particularly good. I thought last year was good, great, but I think this year is probably even better. I totally agree with you, man. T- 2018 has been a good year all around. Like I've really had a good time yeah. going to the movies, binging every TV show, waiting week to week for TV shows. It's just been all around a good year for pop culture and everything else in the industry. Yeah, I think they really brought it. I mean, in all aspects, whether it's, you know, the Marvel movies or if it's like, you know, just like streaming new shows that came out. Like I I saw plenty of stuff through different subscription services than just Netflix, even like great new content. I think it's a good time to to be into like storytelling and uh, film and TV. Yeah, it's a really interesting time because now we have the networks branching off into their own streaming thing. Like you got the Disney Plus coming up. Uh, yeah. DC's doing their own thing with the DC Universe. And right. then you even have, uh, what's it called? I said Disney, uh, DC, and I'm missing something. Oh, uh, uh, like a news service that's coming? Yeah, what's the one that I'm missing? Or, it's three of them that's uh, coming up. Disney, that's DC. Coming. Disney, DC, and I think I just heard Warner Brothers is doing one. Yeah, yeah. It seems like everybody's just, you know, instead of, like, going through a third party like Netflix, they're like, just do just stream stuff in-house and make more money off of it. Right. And I'm looking forward to that Disney one. That's going to be crazy. I've already heard the Hawkeye, uh, or not the Hawkeye, but the uh, Falcon and uh, Bucky spinoff that's coming out. Uh-oh. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, Scarlet Witch has her thing going on. It's, it's a lot of fun stuff going on in 2019. So 2019 may even top 2018. So I'm looking forward to the year coming up. Yeah, it'd be fun to talk about. I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. So I I think I think what Disney would have Star Wars as well. So I think I saw something about a, um, a Boba Fett. It's called The Mandalorian as like a story about like, his planet or his people or whatever. I, I know I saw a still and it just looked like Boba Fett walking around Moss Eisley or whatever, but um, yeah, I'm down. Like I, I, that's the, for me, Marvel and star Wars are the big selling points of Disney. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have like a lot of their old school stuff on there too. Like the uh, Disney films that are 2d and uh, maybe some old classics from Disney as well. So that's going to be interesting to watch, too, and seeing who else comes up in the streaming service in 2019. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into this uh, this fun ho- <clears throat> holiday horror talk, um, how's the pod going, man? Great. Uh, conspiracy Therapy's grown considerably. We have uh, a, a closed Facebook group that uh, is just constantly filled with stupid memes and silly shit constantly. I mean... We talk conspiracies, but yeah, we always talk about like stuff we're into, 
it's a good group. So anybody who wants to join that, or even if uh, you know you have an idea for the show, by all means, check us out on Twitter at Conspiracy T Show, and we're like fan driven for the most part. So like anything you guys suggest, or if there's like a conspiracy you want us to cover. We just did a death spiracy episode on Michael Jackson. That was crazy. Just to think like, and, and just to be a, as a fan of Michael Jackson, to go back and listen to his stuff and just be like blown away again and again by how fucking insanely talented that guy was and how tragic it was losing him in 2009. And it was fun to cover that. And uh, we've got some big ones coming in and season three starts up in January and um, we're hoping to launch a, uh, a Patreon with bonus content, but I'm I don't want to spoil that because there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipe. So sweet man, sweet happy for you. Yeah. Sounds really fun over there. Um, yeah. I know a little bit about the Michael Jackson conspiracy too. Like uh, one of his videos had a lot of symbolic images in there. Uh, I remember yeah. seeing that on YouTube. But uh, I'm still waiting on an invite to come talk conspiracy about you, man. So <laughs> whenever you need a spot to fill, just hit me up, man. <laughs> I will. I will for sure. Like I said, we're I think a lot of this year we we filled we filled out like the episodes we were going to do and then we knew we were going to build up to this season 3 thing. So right now we're just kind of trying to really you almost have to schedule everything out because all of the people involved like we have four four people on the show regularly and they've got so much going on now and uh one of the guys just became like a a pretty hardcore video game journalist so he's been getting free games like he just did red dead 2 and um he's about to review the new just cause game and and then another one of the hosts just put out an album uh big old britches which is crazy name whatever but it's all like electronic kind of almost like r&b and like beats and stuff it's really good stuff um so yeah for the most part people are busy but yeah, no, for season three, we want to have everybody, like, involved that we can, especially have guests, and um, would love to have you on, man. Sweet, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk some horror. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, to get into it, um, just scanning over the internet, just, like, a quick search of, like, so i watched so much stuff this year, so sometimes I have to go on the net and recollect everything that I watch, and just scanning the net for the top horror movies of the year... I have a quick top five for me. Um, I start with number five and I work my way up. Not sure if you've seen Cam. It's a new movie on Netflix. And uh, it follows a, a camster, you know, like a cam female. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like new in the industry. And she's trying to work her way up to the top 50, I believe. And it just gets weirder and weirder as you watch the movie. And it's one of those Blumhouse movies that you're just waiting for the plot to twist and for it to get darker and darker. And they did a really good job with this uh, film and showing how the, um, maybe how real life for camps really is and how the internet works in a sense of like social media and working your way up in the status line. I really love that movie. Um, four, I have uh, Halloween 2018, beautiful sequel to an original um, from the 1970s. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Mandy with Nicolas Cage. That was an amazing yep. movie. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, and ha- had some really cool horror elements into it. Uh, we checked about, we uh, chatted about Hereditary. I got that in it mm-hmm. too. 
one of the best horror movies I've ever seen of all time. But my yeah. number one has to go to a, a Quiet Place. I really enjoyed that, and I feel like that set the tone for the year. Yeah, it's it, it's. I would say I, except for Cam, which I did not see. Um, I actually tried to start that a few, probably like a few nights ago, and I ended up just falling asleep. Like I said, I'm working like a madman right now. So I tried to start it, but I had already had two pretty strong beers in my belly. So <laughs> as soon as I started watching it, there were some tracer lines, and then I'm I was out. So, um, but yeah, no, I I would say. I would it's weird because I'm almost exactly the same. I would say that for sure hereditary and a quiet place are at the top of my list and Halloween comes pretty much right after that along with Mandy and um I would also mention uh what was it the uh, not Halloween I think you already said Halloween uh, there's a movie with Nicolas Cage as well called Mom and Dad that was really fun. Oh, I missed Just that like one. a, yeah, no, no, it's really good. I would put that at number five. It's it's a really big year for Nicolas Cage because I would probably go number five, Mom and Dad, number four, Mandy, number three, Halloween, number two, and I know how much we praised Hereditary, but I think you're right. I think Hereditary is a two, and and I definitely think. The horror movie of the year. The one that surprised me the most was definitely A Quiet Place. Between the soundtrack, the fact that Krasinski wrote and directed it, um, really, honest to God, like it's more. And and Hereditary was a game changer, which is crazy to think. But I honestly like A Quiet Place just really fucking rocked me. Like afterwards, I it was emotional, and I think that'll tie um, into when we talk about TV more, but. Um, as great as that was, there was something I think that was the best horror of the year, and it wasn't a quiet place. Mm -hmm. And that we'll get into that, but um, the the same reasons that I love the quiet place are the same reasons I love the other thing as as much and even more. So, if you haven't seen it, I mean, honestly, I know some people get turned off when a movie's PG thirteen or whatever, but it doesn't feel that way, and it doesn't go out of its way to be like overly like you know like it it feels like it's exactly the way it should be and because of the way and it's it's hard because i don't i don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it it's probably been around the long a little bit longer now i think that one came out in like april or so but the the consensus of the movie is basically that it you make a sound and these things kill you and between the name being a quiet place and the way that Krasinski plays the dad with the kids, like learning how to live in a world where you basically can't make a noise is um, really, it's just a very satisfying theater experience. Cause I don't know. I know when I went and saw it, it felt like every time somebody would munch on a piece of popcorn, it was loud as shit. And he's like, <laughs> wanted to tell them to shut up because you're waiting for a monster to like tear you apart i mean the score is really good and the music is really moving and um emily blunt is gorgeous there's a i mean there's certain parts just like in hereditary where you and it happens in every horror movie you want to be like why the hell are they doing that but you know given the fact that they survived as long as they did i mean it's kind of astonishing going into it that they even made it as far as they did given the fact that you have to be like whisper quiet all the time 
And I feel like that's the biggest difference between A Quiet Place and Hereditary. They really, they both had uh, really good theater experiences, but there's something about watching A Quiet Place that you just feel tense the entire time, like you're really in the environment with them. Like you feel like something's going to just pop out of nowhere. And the way that they had the sound effects in it, it they really did a good job with that. And yeah. uh, Hereditary still had that kind of theatric experience, but it wasn't as tense. It was more like you're just mourning with the family um, and trying to figure out what exactly is going on. But and I uh, think I think too with with Hereditary, it's an anxious feeling that goes on almost the whole movie because it feels really uneasy. Yeah, and almost like when you watch, like I know when I watch like Nightmare on Elm Street or 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 um the original Halloween. As a kid, you had this kind of like it was just felt gross, um, in a way that like some horror can like live and die in, and some of that is highly successful and 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 that pays off. But like with a quiet place, it, it feels like a Steven Spielberg Jaws kind of feel, which is like a classic style, a classic feel that only comes around once in a while, and it usually surprises everybody, and that's why I loved it so much. Because I had no expectations and then walked out like praising the ever loving crap out of it. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on uh, Halloween 2018 being in the top five? Some people may frown it towards that, but mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Well, I think it. I think it's deserving for sure. I mean, it's really well done. I think um, the only. The only negatives to it, and and there's, I heard a lot of people get get split on this was having Danny McBride as one of the the scriptwriters ended up kind of making the movie more jokey than they would have wanted, and they'd have these conversational pieces that just seemed out of place. But I actually felt like it humanized everyone because everybody in the movie, I was kind of bumming, you know, when they got killed by Michael or like. There's a few scenes that I really loved, especially uh, the babysitter sequence with the little boy. Oh, my God, man. That was and, so and li- freaking funny, man. I mean, I laughed out loud, <laughs> so loud. And and the fact is, like, it's the first time that I can think of in a movie where a character's smart enough to be like, I'm getting out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the laughter was perfect. And the thing is, like, the, the little boy only had probably 10 minutes of screen, maybe five to 10 minutes of screen time, but I already liked him more than, you know, most of the characters, even though I already liked them all. And and that's not a slight against any of the acting. The acting's like pitch perfect. Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. Um, They're, they're all really, really good, like character actors, mostly too, that fill in for everybody else. And the guy that, the fact that they incorporated like a modern day take with the podcasting angle was awesome. I thought, the the way that Michael escapes and the the psychiatrist guy or the the guy that was transferring with him kind of leads in the story. I thought it was all really effective, and I didn't like get mad at the movie. I mean, there are some people that really lost it during a particular twist. I think about two to three fourths of the way through the movie, but I think they take some chances. There's some really effective scares. One in particular with a boy who is trying to get with the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter. And uh, there's a, a light sequence that's really cool. And then the music is excellent. John Carpenter reprising the score with his uh, son and uh, I think like his friend or something like that. 
the the whole thing like I can't think of a better like film going experience for that franchise, which has been kind of suffering for like the last man. I mean, ever since maybe like the Buster Rhymes one, the Resurrection. I thought yeah, Resurrection. I, I well, actually, I liked H two O. I thought it was a decent movie, mm-hmm. but Halloween Resurrection, I feel like, was the one where it was like, all right, they shit the bed because it just that's the one when it's kind of like being recorded, right? Like it's a show or something. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to do kind of a which project thing, and then you've got and I don't. I think, but this is the oddly enough. I think Buster Rhymes is the best part of that movie because he adds like a little bit of comedic flair and he's just himself, which in in, in essence is like perfect in, in that world as long as it's like, because he's, Michael Myers is technically, all he's got to do is walk around and stab. So if, you know, anybody with some charisma is going to shine and he did a great job, although he does some Kung Fu sequence in it that's hilarious and <laughs> ends up launching Michael Myers out a window, which is great, but um, I, I, overall, though, the movie was really bland and everybody else really kind of sucked on it. And um, it's it's a franchise that needed a really good reboot. And I mean, I can't I mean, there were some people who were like, it's too gory. And then there were some people who were like, well, the gore they didn't show it. And I, I mean, dude, the after effect shot they showed in Halloween, like especially the gas station guy who got his face. All, you know, I mean, it's just ugh, man, yeah, it's gross. The teeth out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There, there were some, uh, I thought, really effective scares, really effective jumps, really good writing, some actual, like, almost kind of tear-jerky moments where you really felt for, especially Jamie Lee and her family having gone through, or Laurie Strode and, and her uh, daughter and granddaughter who had you know, suffered along watching their their grandmother go through so much and then effectively kind of passing that on to the other generations. And you know, I think nowadays, and I've heard plenty of uh, film and and just you know news and entertainment people talk about it and and review form and said basically you know it's it's very timely with the Me Too and all that and you know I get it like it's it's uh it's a it's a powerful movie with a, an amazing female lead and I mean she's always welcome in my book to be in anything. It's funny too, though, in a lot of interviews I saw post uh, Halloween, her being called the Scream Queen, which she loves. I mean, she says it launched her career, but at the same time, like she's not a big horror fan, you know, which is crazy to think because she's so pivotal now in in horror, just like almost in the same way that um, Sigourney Weaver is now after the Aliens franchise as Ripley. So, right, I remember listening to a podcast for her in it, and uh, she said that she didn't even want to do Halloween. Oh yeah, like she felt like it was like backtracking her uh, acting career, but like you said, it kind of boosted it in a way. So, oh, it uh, it it changed her life, man. I mean, she had done the fog with Carpenter with John Carpenter, but it really was Halloween because it was such a budge movie. Like they really went in with like hardly anything for 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 money, and like John Carpenter's doing the score to save money. He's doing a lot of editing and just. You know, he he basically that was his his baby, and in some ways, I, I think in, and originally it wasn't going to be called Halloween. It was just like the babysitter murders. Yeah, and <laughs> changing, and they're just like, "Fuck it, we're going to call it Halloween," <laughs> and it goes down as like a principal, you know, fall Halloween time of the year type of film. So, 
I did really like it, and I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I completely agree. I think it belongs in the top five, especially being a mainstream horror movie that broke records that weekend, especially with, like, again, with a female-fronted lead, a mostly female cast for the most part. I mean, maybe it's 50-50, but it felt, like, well-represented and, and funny and, and a perfect movie for this time, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about all these great movies and uh, horror this year, I'm interested in seeing how these hold up at the award shows. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, horror and sci-fi, they really don't get a lot of uh, attention in shows like these because they feel like it's so mediocre or so easy to make a film like this. But not not necessarily Halloween 2018, more so uh, reflecting back to A Quiet Place in the Redditary, which is really good moments in filmmaking uh, to date. And I wonder if that they will hold any weight, <clears throat> hold any weight against like the big contenders, like uh, the big movies of this year. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I did get a chance to look at a top ten list of the films of this year, and so far there's really no horror on it at all. Although there are movies on the list that I see that I've seen that I think are great, like. Weird to say this, but Paddington 2 was an awesome movie. Me and my girls watched it. We loved it. Um, Avengers Infinity War is like top 10 list, and I get it. That was my favorite Avengers movie slash Marvel movie maybe of all time. It was um, a culmination of so many things that had been going on for the last 10 years, and it paid off in spades, I thought. Um, I haven't seen First Reform, but I really want to. That's the one with, um, can't think of his name, the dude from Gattaca and all those other movies. Um, is that Bateman? That's not Bateman, is it? No. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan He plays a reverend, um, in a, in his middle age and, uh, works in New York and there's some sort of like a, 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 it's an A24 movie, and that's, I mean, that's part of the hereditary group, too. So um, I'm all in. I can't wait to see it. But the, the one that I really like that I did see is called Sorry to Bother You. I don't know if you, did you see that? That's on Hulu right now. Uh, is that the one with the, the phone company? Yes. Oh, that made the top 10 list? I haven't seen yeah. it. Oh, oh, my, my God. I got to check well, it out now. It's it's really good. Holy like it's shit. Well, the funny thing is I didn't know, I didn't know it was, um, I didn't know it was on Hulu and I watched a trailer and I'm like, fuck, I got to see this movie. Cause a friend of mine was like, I think that's the best movie of the year. And I heard about it. And then I watched the trailer and I'm like, Oh, this is hysterical. And then I went and I was just messing around. And all of a sudden I saw a message on my phone. And it was like, Oh, that movie's on, hulu and i'm like what and then i just watched it immediately and i loved it it's it is worth it's definitely worth checking out and i don't i really don't want to spoil that one because it's it takes some turns that you you won't see coming and it's again a a lot like halloween it's a movie of our time like it really taught it it goes through some stuff that like you're not going to see coming it takes some turns that i think are like really important right now And, and there's some sequences in that that like really rock you um, it, I would say it's part, it might even be part horror movie. It kind of reminded me of, in some ways, Get Out. Well, I would have never thought that. I think that came out while I was on vacation, and mm-hmm. I never went back to it, and I kind of, like, tried to stay up to date with everything else, and I kind of, like, 
missed that one, but I would definitely get on the ball and check that out. I didn't know it was that intense. Yeah, it is. It's really, it starts off, and then it kind of gives me an art school vibe, but then when you see the caliber of uh, actors that are in it, like, and this isn't really a spoiler, but like seeing Terry Crews playing a role as like an uncle, Mm -hmm. just like kind of randomly, I mean, he's a larger than life figure. Dude walks on in a screen and he's like the rock, and you're like, whoa, what's Terry Crews doing here? But he does a great job, and there's a lot of actors that are unknowns who like they they own it. The the lead of that movie is incredible. So yeah, I would say of the top ten, the closest thing to horror would be Sorry to Bother You. And I and it's mostly a comedy, but and the same, it's nice to see that continue to be represent. And then I think the number one is is uh Roma is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to see this because it's made by the same guy who did uh, Children of Men, which is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. And uh, it basically follows a young domestic worker for a family in the middle-class neighborhood of Roma in Mexico City during the 70s. And I thought I'd heard that it was a documentary, but I guess it's actually a drama. Um so it'd be interesting to see. I don't. I, I thought Children of Men and I, he did Gravity as well. Were easily like, I mean, like game changers, like just incredible, incredible, incredible movies. So, and he, he's a amazing filmmaker. So I'm sure it looks amazing. It's one of those things you probably want to see in in theaters. So sweet. Yeah, I, I'll have to check that out too because I vacation to Roma this year. Oh, really? I didn't nice. hear about that one either. It's so hard to keep up with a lot of these like movies that come out because sometimes the top 10 lists are not even box office movies. They just like are independent films that just get a lot of a lot of uh, wave behind them. Yeah, and I mean that does happen with 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 Oscar winner movies that I and it kind of drives me nuts cuz it's like it's kind of the thing of like when you look at like the the difference between like the AFI top 100 movies you got to see before you die or like the best picture winners is kind of vast in some ways. Cause it's like, you know, what do you tell somebody to see? Do you tell somebody that they need to see, um, I don't know. What was the, was the movie that won best? Pi- what was the movie? Do you remember the movies that won best picture recently? Uh, da, 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 da. uh what's the, what was the, the one? Shape of Water? That one? Okay, Shape of Water. That was a great movie. And I actually, one of the rarities that a, be, a Best Picture winner that I would say you should see. And actually, you know, now that you say it, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because that was a, that was kind of a creature feature slash horror movie. Right. So I would say that was a big deal. But, you know, between The Shape of Water and say, like, hey, you want to see Star Wars or Back to the Future? I'm going to go with probably the latter. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? Like, the, there, there's... There's a film going experience, and that's kind of the difference in some ways when we were talking about the top five horror movies of the year between Hereditary, kind of the art house horror, versus A Quiet Place, which is like your tentpole ET kind of big, big uh, film production movie, but highly effective. I feel like those type of movies are few and far between. So when they do come out and they do really have an original story and blow it out of the water, I think it's. I think it's more important to the, oh, basically to the overall, because you're never gonna get 
uh, a billion dollars from China for an indie art house horror film. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But something from like a huge company like uh, Warner Brothers or Sony or Disney slash, um, you know, what, whatever film company they own that they use to put out their movies, I, they're, they're going to have insane distribution. You know, they're going to be on Netflix when it's done, just like Avengers was briefly. And, you know, everybody's going to see it. And, and those movies, like, like A Quiet Place, definitely deserve to be in those spots. So... Yeah, man. Um, before we, uh, I know you got to hit another pot after this one. Um, let's yeah, briefly no, no. chat about some shows, man. Um, right. Like I told you earlier, um, horror TV. Um, this show blow blow me out of the water, man. Um, I think we both agree. Hiding on the Hill House. Yeah. Oh my god, man! Like one of the best experiences I've had watching home anything. I would say, and this is perfect segue, and I'm so glad you mentioned this first because this was my number one horror experience of the year. Same this here, man. No, no episode, doubt. without spoiling, I'll try to be go light. I'm a, I'll mention characters and and people. Um, Mike Flanagan, the director of that whole series, I got to give huge, huge props to because this was not on my radar. Even when it came out, even being close to Halloween, I was like, oh, cool, haunted house story. I didn't think twice about it until maybe a couple days later. And I was like, you know, it is that time of year. I should be watching more of this stuff. And man, when I finally got through, I think it was around episode three, which is about Luke. Um, I started to really love the characters, especially because it goes with that kind of old school lost way that they did it, where they really focused on one character and episode. Mm-hmm. And by bringing you in and then telling a 10-episode season with hour-long episodes, and some even longer than that. I mean, it, it kind of varied. There was some that was like – there was one episode that was like about 45 minutes and then one that was, I think, the the final episode's about an hour and 20. Um, Dude, I love – there's nothing. This 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 could possibly this is definitely my favorite Netflix show of all time. I would say it destroys like Stranger Things, even though I at the time thought Stranger Things was like this the best thing ever. But as a horror movie, this is this is the the a better version of a quiet place. Plus, I would say episode five, the bent neck lady, and episode six, two storms, is the culmination of if you put those two episodes together, that's the possibly one of my top 10, if not top five greatest horror films of all time. Mm -hmm. Those two episodes side by side are phenomenal. And when the sixth episode ended, I was covered in tears. Like it really affects you. And like you, I mean, even talking about it, I'll get choked up because this series was so good. And when I finished it, I think that's when I first started text, uh, tweet, tweeting to you like oh dude dude we gotta talk about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> um because i really and i told everybody i knew and um it's funny because i would tell somebody and i would just i could tell when what episode they were on just by how they were they were texting me mm-hmm. um the 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 sheer like uh, emotional effectiveness of the storytelling the actors are all perfect the girl that played Nell really fucking breaks your heart 
um, in the adult and the in the child version because it, it we should mention that this jumps between two periods of time. One while they're living in haunting of the well, living in the haunted hill house where their dad, along with uh, one of the housekeepers and some other people, they're trying to save money, but they're also trying to flip the house in order to sell it. And you're not really sure. I mean, you think it's like an inheritance thing, so they're trying to do this whole thing. Meanwhile, the kids are being visited by the the house's uh, ghosts, which, another thing, if you watch the whole series, you will see shit in the background. And it's not just your mind playing tricks on you. Like, this show, from beginning to end, has ghosts in the background, has shit moving, has fucked up shit happening. And the whole while you're really caring about these people like you like and that's a huge thing to Mike Flanagan and the the way it's directed and the cinematography the music's amazing in fact um the Newton brothers have the soundtracks on Spotify and iTunes I highly recommend it uh I think it's track I want to say track 4 um one of the episodes of the show has literally one of the scariest things <laughs> You're, and it's not, it's, I don't know how to say this without spoiling it. There's a point in this show where you're going to curse like a sailor because something, because <laughs> something's going to happen that's either going to make you piss yourself or defecate yourself. I know exactly what and you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it comes out of nowhere and um, similar to Hereditary, which has moments like that in complete silence. This doesn't. And um, the soundtrack makes that point. So if you want to relive that moment, you can, you can go right back to it. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, the bent neck lady episode and the, and the two storms episode are, are of the, the highest cal. Like I would say like Stanley Kubrick level storytelling. Um, it's super, I mean, when it ended, I was, I felt like I had just finished a novel. Um, That's exactly what it felt like. That's a good way to put it, man. That's exactly what it felt like. I felt like I closed the book, set it aside. Because I think this is based I, off a novel, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't. I think they mentioned that it's loosely based, but okay. What the um Mike Flanagan changed, I think for the most part was for for the better. Uh, according to what I was reading, I thought it was perfect. I really can't. I can. I can only. I gave this a ten out of ten when I reviewed it on IMDb myself, and um. I would say if you're listening to this because you're a horror fan and you haven't seen it, do yourself a solid. It is you'll 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 thank us later. I've already dubbed this as I put myself on a limb by saying this is probably the best horror show ever. Like I can't really oh, yeah. think of anything to compete with this with. Like I really no. I can't be I can't like if I was pressed to say anything else, I can't think of anything to be honest. This is literally the best horror show that I've ever seen. And Yeah, I mean it's production every actor was great carla gugino as the mom Amazing. was phenomenal i don't know if you noticed the 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 dad the, the younger version of the dad is henry thomas but that was the little boy from et oh, the main character I, no i didn't even realize that that's amazing man. yeah and he dude there's a sequence with him at the end the last episode Whew. yeah bro tearjerker 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 I had to call my dad afterwards. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I called a whole family after that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But, like, 
it is like to think that we're or to think that we're talking about a horror show and crying and feeling emotions toward the characters like it's hard to like it's uh, it's so hard to do that in a horror movie unless like there's some nostalgia behind it you know what i mean yeah yeah i agree like we were talking about the uh, halloween 2018 like Mm tear-jerking moments but it's only because we grew up with laurie shrew for so long and we know what she's been through in her struggle that we had some emotional attachment to her. But the way that he directed this, like you said, with the retro uh, loss effect, like going in detail, hour long, 45 minute long episodes of the backstory and why this person did this and to show how their past affected their present is beautiful in a sense. Like, Like I've never seen anything in the horror genre done like that before. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it is it's a it's a once in a lifetime thing. When I have a friend and I should give a shout out to her, Jerry. She's the one that I talked about this show the most with, and she said it perfectly. When it's done, you feel that weight. Like there's this this like, because she she and I are huge horror fans, and we were pretty much torn through everything on Netflix. So when this was done, it's like there's nothing else. There's yeah. nothing as good as this. Nothing. And to be fair, I will say this. I've been rewatching it with my sister, and we just finished it again. So I finished it the second time. Everything was just as emotional. I noticed more um, of the little ghosts in the background, and the conversation I had with my sister was great. So if you feel that, definitely rewatch it because there's stuff that you'll catch, okay. and there's stuff that there's little pieces that you'll you'll be able to put together. And again. There are no dislikable characters in the show. Even some of the ghosts have like really interesting backgrounds. Luke, Steven, the 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 sisters, their the dads, the different eras that they come from, Nell, her story. Oh, I mean, honestly, I that'll choke me up just talking about it, but like the the little girl, her whole life, her her the different like the kind of paranormal aspects that they deal with are so excellently executed and the acting is pitch perfect. I really can't think of anything about this show that you could hamper it. Now, there were some people that were kind of disappointed with the last episode, and I understand kind of how that is, but I think in the larger scale, pulling a 10-hour, you know, Nobody's made a 10-hour horror movie before, but in order to make a 10-hour horror movie and make it run as smoothly as this did, I, I can't imagine anything that's ever worked any better. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, to be honest with you, I like the ending. Now, I got to ask, I'm curious what, without trying to really s- pull on out any spoilery things about the ending, because I do think people need to see this. I'm pretty sure this is one of the most popular netflix series of all time and i would assume that they and i hate to say this but i would assume they would probably try to make a season two what do you think about that idea leave it alone man just leave it alone i agree don't touch it i know they probably will and i will probably watch it but there's no reason to go go back and relive this there's none at all yeah but uh i have a question for you though yeah, I listened to a few other podcasts and some other film and uh, TV show critics, and they're saying, "Would this show have worked if it was a week to week show, or is this only a show that works if you binge it?" Interesting. Um, I think the binge think, is the right way to go with this show. 
I think so too because you get really caught up in it. It's just like reading a book. And if there's anything that I've ever been told repeatedly when it comes to seeing a movie versus the book version, everybody's like, well, the book's better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because you're you're given access to all the contents at once. And if anything, binging is taught anyone, it's really like, those are the shows that you you want to talk about. And I don't see anybody like coming to work like, yo, did you see NCIS Seattle <laughs> last night? You know, like it, it took a really weird twist, but it's like, that's like almost like the Goosebumps version, book version of like TV now, you know, where it's like got the, everything's got a cliffhanger at the end of a chapter. And really all you're getting is a chapter every week where uh, I will cite another another really great show, the Amazon show, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, good. so good. And I, I haven't heard anybody say they didn't like it. And mm-hmm. it's perfect, like encapsulation of like 50s New York and comedy and like bringing back all these people and like i binged the first season of that and i loved it and i can't imagine having to wait a week to see because what's nice too is that back in the day you know even x files is kind of guilty of this during the first seasons but there wasn't really a through line you know what i mean like an episode would end and there might be like a love interest but then the next week that was kind of all scrapped just like early episodes and you can kind of pick up X Files wherever you see it on TV. Like it's all the same. Yeah. It's like a, and it feels like it feels like in a sense an anthology series. Like each episode has its own mission and mission and end. And some episodes go into the next one, but not a whole lot of them. Like you said. Yeah, and that's that's something that I like because I, and I understand for certain things. Like I, speaking of horror, and this is something we'll see in 2019. I know Jordan Peele just started filming the new Twilight Zone movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved Twilight Zone as a kid, and I loved the Twilight Zone movie when I was growing up, and I loved Tales from the Crypt, and I'd heard that M. Night Shyamalan might be doing uh, the reboot for Tales from the Crypt, which I think we're, I think that's totally due. Like, that was a great series, and the movies were fun. I think the first one was a little better than the second. The second one was just softcore porn, but, um, which isn't a bad thing. But, I mean... You know, the thing is, like, um, I love a good anthology, but having a through line, I think, emotionally invests uh, viewers more than just, like, you know, like, oh, it's great that I don't, you know, I can just watch episode nine and then just go, you know, whatever looks interesting, I can go watch. But I think there's a special kind of connection you get from starting at the beginning and especially this is true in like the great series like Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, which will be ending soon, and I cannot wait. I would love to come back on and talk about season eight when that comes out. I'll be here. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so the there's just a it, it's more effective if you can see their start to finish, I think, more rather than um, anthology series kind of things. But I do appreciate. Things like, um, and I know we haven't mentioned this yet, but like American Horror Story, there's a lot of big fans for that show. Now, I kind of fell off of it because some of the seasons I just immediately disliked. There's just something to it. It's not that thing. Now, the first season I did really like, and I was super stoked for the second season. I think actually at the time I'd started watching the second season, and I just really kind of got bored. Yeah, same here. Um, 
Now, I've heard my sister say, because she's watched all of them, say that, oh, well, you got to come back to the latter-day, like, Roanoke or Colt or whatever, or the one with the circus is great. But I I don't know. And I love, I love um, uh, what's her name, the, the, the actress that's on that show that's been around it from since the beginning, um, older lady. I can't think of her name. Jessica Lang. She's she's amazing, but um eh, you know, I I don't know. There's it's it just doesn't compare to something. Haunting of Hill House is so out of left field, just like uh, a quiet place was. And I think it's goes for music too. Like I heard some great music that, you know, for me, it, sometimes and most of the times this is the case, like sometimes a band you know will come out or um an artist will come out with some new music that will kind of continue the 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 trend that of creative you know flow and and integrity that you appreciate from the beginning of what they do but sometimes it's a back step mm-hmm. um but a lot of times the music that i really like sometimes it comes out of left field similarly like the tv and the movies that have really been coming out and um I'm interested to see, and I know I'm kind of going back to film a little bit. I'm interested to see what the the director of uh, Hereditary does next. I'd be interested to to see what Krasinski uh, for um, A Quiet Place to see where where he comes, and if he's going to do something with his wife or um it was Ari Aster for uh Hereditary. I'm interested to see what he does next. I almost wonder what if I looked up on IMDb what he's doing right now. Um uh you know there's just uh, god it's such a great great time right now for this stuff cuz it just keeps coming out. And I half the time I'm looking the other way cuz I'm trying to do my job at work and then the next day there's like five new shows you got to stream or two right. new movies what he's got to see. Yeah, I feel like I'm off my game sometimes. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But it's so much to keep up with. Like, like dedicating 10 hours to just one thing is so hard to do, like, with work and everything else. Yeah. So you kind of like have to pick your spots. You know what I mean? So, But I definitely think we picked a good way to spend 10 hours with the Hill, House of Hill House or Haunting of the yeah. House. Yeah. I, I wanna <laughs> Can't talk make- today. No, you're good, man. <laughs> I'm the same way on my podcast. We're we're of similar. I mean, it, yeah. Don't worry, it happens to all of us. Um, I want to mention too. There's a show on Netflix called Haunted. Okay. Um. Uh, also recommend. Now, I go. I would say go into this with a little bit of skepticism, mostly because some of the stories are so fucked up. Um, is like it this anthology is, series or what? Yes, okay. I would say it's it's six episode series. The first episode, you know what? I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, Just, I'll watch. I'll watch it. I get back to you on that. I would. I would honestly say, and I told, let's say, I told some of my friends in the podcast and uh and conspiracy therapy. I was like, because the first two episodes fucked me up. I'm not even joking. Like legitimately it is unlike anything i've seen in a long time of an as an anthology series now i will say the user review score is at like a 4.6 on imdb Mm -hmm. but the thing is 
if the first two episodes don't fucking like i'm telling you these these are the scariest things i saw all year like legit scary but the problem about this is they're supposedly based on complete true reality hmm. and that's where people are tearing it down because they're like one of the episodes is about a supposed serial killer and it's like well netflix shouldn't be making a show about this if, especially if people are being victimized you know what i'm saying so that's kind of where the issue is okay but as far as as the series is convert uh con- concerned they cover like a broad range of like creeps creepy stories ghosts aliens all that sort of stuff haunted check it out on netflix before it gets pulled because of legal reasons because one of the stories is it'll fuck you up i'm just gonna say that and it supposedly is all true um but yeah, everybody I know who kind of like ventured into that shot through all six episodes in probably a night and was like, wow, if this is true, like somebody's got to get, we need to send some investigators to wherever these people live because it's just creepy, creepy, creepy shit. So, Sweet. I'm in, man. I'm in. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I don't want to hold you up too long, man. I really appreciate you coming on the pod and talking horror with me today. Oh, anytime, man. No, like I said, I'll be back soon. I really love talking with you about this stuff, and I really like kind of just being able to go go through. And it's funny because probably until maybe two or three weeks ago, I would have still said Hereditary number one, but I just rewatched A Quiet Place, and I couldn't agree more. It is a perfect horror film. So if you couple that with The Haunting of Hill House as a horror fan, I can't think of a better year. So. Yeah, it's one of the best years of for horror in all all time, I think. Because mm-hmm. horror is kind of dying the last few years, but now it's back. Man. Uh, now it's, it's all the reboots are coming back, all these shows. Good mm-hmm. time to be alive, man. I agree. And it's a good balance, too. I mean, some people, they get turned off by horror because they think it's, you know, like the schlocky kind of saw. Jump kinda scares. Horror porn, jump scares. This is not that. And I think we're both coming from the same place. This is legit solid storytelling amazing soundtracks great acting it's effective and it's stuff you want to talk about with your friends for sure um ryan you want to plug your pot one more time sure yeah uh check us out at conspiracy t show on twitter or check us out on itunes spotify wherever you download your podcast conspiracy therapy is the name of the show so sweet also, guys, before I get out of here, I just want to give you guys an update of what I've been up to. Uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff on YouTube now, trying to build something over there with along with the yeah. podcast and trying to branch out the community. So uh, if you guys want to check that out, it's also under the same name, PopcultNet. I do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff like movie reviews, uh, show reviews, trailer reactions, unboxing. You name it, I'm probably doing it over there as long as it's in pop culture. So uh, check that out. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like the video. All that good stuff. And once again, guys, thanks for checking out Popcornet. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace.